Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Infinite Capacity Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Morton of Think to Thrive Coaching, where I specialize in helping moms in midlife reach your full potential in health and fitness, relationships, and career goals. I empower you to overcome the mental roadblocks and obstacles that can sometimes get in the way of achieving amazing things. I'll be showing up here on the regular to inspire you and teach you about harnessing your own infinite capacity to achieve the dreams and plans that you're passionate about. Whether I'm sharing powerful stories or interviews, teaching you useful skills and tools, or pushing you to dig deep and ask yourself hard questions that will help you grow, the goal of this podcast is to help you discover your own infinite capacity for creation and productivity, and to support you along your journey towards success and self-fulfillment. Now, let's get started with this week's Infinite Capacity Podcast. Hey everybody, how's it going today? It is so great to be back here with you, and I cannot believe that we have already made it to February. That is just crazy to me. 2021 is already flying by. But wherever you are as you're listening today, whether you're in your home office or driving in your car or taking a walk or a run, thank you so much for being here. I feel very lucky to share this time with you. So I have a true story for you today, and it raises a lot of questions. There is a lot to think about. I hope it will make you think. It certainly has made me really dig deep and think hard about who I am and how I show up in the world every day, no matter where I am. So this incident happened just a few days ago. It was a little bit after nine o'clock in the morning. It was a sunny day. I was going to the fitness club in the town where I live, um, where I swim in an outdoor pool. And there are a lot of COVID protocols in place because I live in Southern California and the tiers are very strict in Southern California right now. Just about everything in my city is closed down. We are in the purple tier, which is the strictest one you can have. Kids are not at school. Everything is virtual. Restaurants are not happening. Nothing's happening. So businesses like the club where I swim, they are legally allowed to be open, but they are also under very intense scrutiny by the state of California to make sure they do everything perfectly. So they are taking COVID really seriously, which I'm sure they would have done anyway. And so, for example, every single person that enters the club has their temperature taken the second they get to the front door. And they can only swim if they have a prior reservation, and only one person is allowed to be in each swim lane per hour, and absolutely no guests are allowed. And, of course, you have to have a mask covering your mouth and nose at all times when you are not actually swimming in the pool. So I was walking through the parking lot. I was headed toward the front door of the club to get my temperature taken and go in and do my swim. And I noticed a middle-aged man. He was probably close to my age. I'm 45. And he was walking through the front door too. 
I didn't look at him very closely, but at a glance, he seemed like a reasonably good-looking guy. He was wearing athletic clothes. He had a full head of hair. He was Caucasian, and he was walking with confidence. And really, the only thing I noticed about him uh, was that he had a big watch. And I just assumed that he was another club member on his way in. Uh, my Literally, my only thought that came to my head when I saw him was, oh, it looks like younger people are starting to come back to the club. Lately, it's just been the older men and ladies in their 60s and 70s that I've been seeing when I go to swim. Looks like the younger ones are starting to come back. So this guy was in front of me. And of course, we maintain a six feet distance at all times, but I typically hang even further back and give at least 10 or 12 uh, feet of space if I can to whoever's in front of me out of respect and caution. And because a lot of the people that are coming in and out of this club are much older. Um, but I could definitely hear him speaking from where I waited. I could see him standing there. I could see who he was talking to. And it turned out that he wasn't a member of the club. He was asking uh, the women who were at the front desk if he could come in and use the bathroom. So let me describe the way this works. There are always at least two people behind the front desk. And usually, to me at least, it looks like they're in college or maybe in their early to mid-20s. Um, I might refer to them moving forward in this podcast as girls for this particular episode, although sometimes they're men who I would refer to as boys. But really, the reason why my brain tells me that is because I'm 45 and they are definitely at least half my age. <laughs> so um, she was probably a lady, the one he was talking to, but I think of her a little bit as a girl. Anyway, these two girls were behind the front desk, and uh, they were talking to this man, and I could hear them saying, no, I'm really sorry, sir, we are not allowed to do that. And I could hear them talking, and there was one in particular who was trying to explain it to him, and she was super polite, very professional. She happened to be a black young woman, and she told him that unfortunately, he was going to need to find a different bathroom, and she recommended that he try using the gas station that's just down the block. Now, I know that these girls behind the desk, both of them, absolutely had to say this to him. They had to say no, because they would have had to say that to anyone, including me, if I had wanted to bring in a guest right now to use the bathroom. No guests are welcome right now at the club, period. Not even your relatives, not your mother, not your best friend. And as I mentioned, this is because there are a lot of protocols in place around health and safety at the club due to the coronavirus. And that's the same for many businesses all over the state of California right now. There's just no way these girls could let a random person in off the street to use the bathroom. I feel confident in saying that I believe that they could have lost their jobs if they had let him in, especially right now during COVID. I think they would have gotten fired. So again, this woman who was speaking with him, this girl, she was super polite and gracious and empathetic to where he was coming from, but she told him no. And the man, he was so not gracious in his response. Right in front of me, he said, and he used the full curse words that I am not going to use here in this podcast. So use your imagination. But he said, are you effing kidding me? Really loud. Except he used the real word. And then he shouted, I can't effing believe this. And he told the girl off. 
Now, I listened to this interaction from 10 or 12 feet away, and I could hear her immediate response, and she was firm but gracious. She did not raise her voice, and she said, even after he cussed at her, she said, I'm really sorry, sir, but we can't help you here. When he recognized that it really wasn't going to happen, that raising his voice and cussing really wasn't going to get him the bathroom that he was asking for, he stormed out, brushing by me very closely, and he turned around, and as I began to walk toward the desk, he shouted at her. He shouted, using the real words, I hope your effing karma effing gets you for this, you bee. Now, you can just fill in the blank as to what the B word was that he was using. It's five letters, and it's not pretty. So there it is. You heard it, just like I did. He threatened her right in front of me. I hope your effing karma effing gets you for this. He insinuated that she deserved something really terrible to happen to her just because she hadn't allowed him to use the bathroom at her workplace, which she was not in a position to let him do. There is so much to unpack with this story, and my brain went to town unraveling it from a life coaching perspective while I swam. I was thinking in coaching terms about this guy, about the girl, about the idea of karma, about the situation, about what he was making it mean. I just was thinking about the whole thing. So, listeners, in case you're wondering what karma is, in Hinduism and Buddhism, karma can be explained as the sum of your actions in this moment and in your prior states of being, which will then decide your fate in your future. It's actually a really fascinating topic, karma. It would be amazing to discuss on a future podcast episode, but this religious concept of karma was taken and twisted by the man here. Karma was weaponized. It also may not help matters that she was a younger black woman and he was a middle-aged white man and that the interaction between the two of them may possibly have further cemented any stereotypes that either of them may already have believed about identity and race and privilege. But that too is a different and important podcast for a different day. So taking race out of the equation completely this guy was having zero compassion in the moment for anyone but himself. He was clearly thinking a very negative thought about the girl in question, possibly because he was so consumed by his physical state. And he may have been thinking, she's so unreasonable. She's so unkind. She should have shown me mercy. I don't know what his thoughts were. I can only conjecture because I didn't get the chance to ask him. But whatever his real thoughts were, the result of them was that he was acting very unreasonably and very unkindly toward her. He was vicious with her. Which leads me to the topic of today's podcast, which is a human's infinite capacity for self-awareness. Now, I don't think this guy had reached his full capacity but I do believe that all humans are capable of having an infinite capacity for self-awareness. Sometimes we're not aware of how we're coming off to the rest of the world. That man that I've told you about, he may actually have left their interaction feeling like he was the hero 
or the victim of the story. He may actually believe to this moment that he was in the right and that she was in the wrong. I feel real empathy for this man because I have been in his situation before, desperate for a bathroom. I think most of us as humans have been there at some point. Almost everyone at some time in their life has been in a situation where we thought, oh gosh, if I do not get to a bathroom right now, this is going to be really bad. But the man allowed his physical state and his anxiety about it to take over his humanity in terms of how he responded to the woman. And it was really striking. When he tells this story or retells it in the future to his wife or his friends or his kids or whoever he tells it to, he may really believe that she was the one in the wrong, that she wasn't showing human compassion for him or mercy for his urgent need for a bathroom. He may call her more names at that point or use more stereotypes to define her. And it may never even occur to him that he had been asking her to do something that would get her fired. And it may never occur to him that it's actually her paid responsibility to protect the health and well-being of all of the members at the club. He may not really understand that she was just doing her job. So thanks to a lack of self-awareness, he may never actually understand that it was him that he was making a big spectacle in front of her and several other people, and that he was possibly making a number of people feel uncomfortable. He may never really analyze his tone or his posture or his volume. He may never really think through his words and what he was saying. What exactly is self-awareness? And how could he have used it? How can we use it for good rather than ignoring it or manipulating it to hurt another person. Self-awareness is the ability to notice your own thoughts, your feelings, your physical sensations, your interactions, your actions, your reactions, and your behaviors. It actually involves introspection and reflection. Self-awareness can be found in your ability to pull away from a situation that you've either been in or that you're currently experiencing in order to see it from the outside, like you're an observer or a watcher, almost like you're not even involved, like you're a viewer of your own life. And in this story, I was a literal observer. I was watching the whole thing unfold right in front of me, but I was not involved in it at all. And so I could notice things happening that maybe the two people who were involved in it couldn't notice, like the tone of their voices, the words they were using, how fast they were talking. I could see their body language. I could hear their volume. I could assess the situation very dispassionately because I was not at all involved. But imagine if you could do this when you were in the middle of a dialogue. If you were the one speaking, imagine if you could develop your self-awareness to the point where you could literally step outside of the conversation within your brain and think to yourself, huh, I'm yelling right now. I'm yelling curse words at this woman. I am threatening a woman who I have never met before. Or imagine if you were the woman in the conversation on the other side of that counter and you could think, huh, 
I am breathing in and out right now. I am staying calm. I'm modulating my tone on purpose so that I don't sound unprofessional. I'm allowing myself to hear this man's loud, angry words and not create more hostility. I am really being careful. I am noticing how I respond to him. Imagine if either of them had had that kind of self-awareness. When we monitor ourselves and our thinking, this is called metacognition, which is having awareness and understanding of our own thought processes. Self-awareness theory, which was first proposed by Shelley Duvall and Robert Wickland in their 1972 book called A Theory of Objective Self-Awareness, says that when we direct our attention at ourselves, we can then examine and compare our current behavior to the internal values and standards that we actually hold. And then we can evaluate our own behaviors to see if we are in alignment with what we actually believe in, with our standard, which may change how we act and show up in the future. According to the research, people are much likelier to align their behavior with their real value system or standards when they become more self-aware. Philippe Rochat of Emory University has proposed that there are actually six levels of self-awareness that evolve starting with early childhood and six potential levels that range from zero to five, zero, one, two, three, four, and five, that range from level zero, which is no self-awareness, to level five, which is explicit self-awareness. So how does this work? You start with level zero, and that's confusion. And as I mentioned, in a, in a level zero, the person has no self-awareness at all. And then you move forward to a level one, which is differentiation. And that's when you can tell the difference between yourself and everything that is not you. Level two is called situation. And that's where you can figure out where you are in context to your surroundings. Then comes level three, which is identification. And that's where you can tell the difference between what you're doing and what others are doing. And you're really clear about what you're doing. Level four is called permanence. When you get to level four, you have the full grasp of who you are, not just in this particular situation, but all the time. You're aware of who you are in every situation, past and present. And lastly, we arrive at level five, which is self-consciousness. And that's where you can see yourself, not just from your own point of view, but in terms of how you're being seen by others in the public. At level five, you can see and understand how other people may be thinking about you, how they may be viewing you, how they may be hearing your words or interpreting your actions. Now, I am not a behavioral researcher and I am not an academic myself, but as a life coach, I find it fascinating to wonder which level of self-awareness each of the people in this particular conversation was at as it was happening. Was the man at a level three where he knew what he was doing, but he wasn't connecting to who he actually is as a human or to how other people on the outside might view his actions or hear him? Was the girl at a level five where she could already see how all of the others around her would be thinking about how she responded to this man? Was that why she was able to stay so calm and steady 
despite the fact that he was yelling and cussing at her so loudly? These are really fascinating questions from a life coaching point of view, and it really makes you think about your own interactions. It makes me think about my conversations and what level of self-awareness I have when I'm really heated about something. So this all happened very quickly. My explanation has been much longer than the actual conversation, which took place in just a minute. And when he had brushed by me and gone in his angry state, and it was my turn to walk to the front desk, I approached the desk and I looked at the young woman in the eye, and I quietly apologized to her for his behavior. And I said, you shouldn't have to deal with that. And she said, it's okay. It happens sometimes. And I responded, well, it shouldn't. You don't deserve that. And she softly said, thank you. Now, this is all well and good, but let's talk about self-awareness. In the moment that it was happening, I didn't rush up toward that man and defend the girl. I didn't rush up and involve myself in the situation. Clearly, my own self-awareness was not really directed toward me. I was actually really focused on the two of them. So there's work there for all of us to do. We can all grow in our capacity for self-awareness. It is so important to think about how we show up in our interactions. So I will leave you listeners today with some really good questions to ask yourself the next time you find yourself in a challenging conversation or a difficult moment with your kids or your spouse, or your in-laws, or even a random stranger in a business that you've just walked into. So question number one, is the way I'm acting or speaking right now in alignment with my actual beliefs and values? Question number two, is the way I'm showing up or talking right now a good representation of who I am and who I want to be? Or, more simply, am I showing up as the person I want to be right now, in this situation, in this moment, in this relationship? And if not, who do I want to be? These are questions worth really pondering, and I challenge you to keep them with you as you approach uh, surprising and difficult conversations that might come up for you this week. And that's what I have for you today. Do you have thoughts about this topic of self-awareness or maybe personal stories to share? If so, please feel free to reach out to me by email at hello at thinktothrivecoaching.com or you can contact me or write a comment on the Instagram Infinite Capacity Podcast uh, Instagram page or the Facebook Think to Thrive Business page to let me know what you think about self-awareness or to tell all the listeners in our community about how becoming more self-aware has been important for you on your life journey. And if you are a woman that finds yourself struggling with self-awareness or with dealing with another person who is not particularly self-aware as you're working to build or improve your relationship, you can check out thinktothrivecoaching.com to learn how you can work with me, Andrea Morton. We'll be back in two weeks with an awesome new interview that I really believe is going to melt your heart just after Valentine's Day. If you like today's podcast, please pass it along to anyone that you think needs to hear it. The best way for the Infinite Capacity Podcast to help people is to spread it widely. 
We have already had about 750 downloads now, which is so exciting. I wish you an amazing week and the most self-awareness that you can muster. Take care.